Hey guys, welcome back to Vertical Momentum. My name is Richard Kaufman, also known as the Comeback Coach. Guys, this is going to be a great episode. Is your business struggling right now? Maybe it's because your SEO sucks. Maybe because your marketing sucks. But we're going to fix that problem, parts of that problem today with my friend Lewis. First, I want to thank our sponsors. The first sponsor I want to thank is our book that just got re-released. It hit number number one on Amazon twice. Um, it's called A Hero's Journey from Darkness to Light. It's how I came back from drug addiction, alcoholism, homelessness, to now having a top-rated podcast and interviewing amazing guests like this gentleman that we're about to have on. Definitely check it out. It's $10.97 delivered right to your email. 22% of that goes to help veterans struggling with homelessness and uh, PTSD. So I'm always paying it forward. And then I want to thank our other sponsor, Operation Veteran Freedom. If you're a veteran, if you're looking to get into business, if you're looking to get into the digital space, definitely check out OVF. They will teach you how to get something and get get it actually get it started within 12 weeks to get go from a thought process to actually out into the digital space so definitely check out ovf guys it's gonna be a fun episode with my friend lewis we're gonna be talking about all things life business seo marketing branding you name it we're gonna talk about it lewis what's up my brother great to be here appreciate the appreciate the kind words in the intro and i'm excited to chat it's, it's been cool to watch you and and see the messages you put out so how's everything up up in Canada? We are good. We're hovering right around freezing today, which is uh, surprising given that most people think we live in eternal ice and snow, but summer is coming. Okay. So now talk to us a little bit about, you know, where you grew up, um, what kind of little kid were you, and uh, what helped you become the man that you are today? Oh, man, I, I, lo I love that question uh, and the way you posed that. So I actually was, I was actually born in the States. So I was born in New Hampshire. Um, so I am a dual citizen and uh, we moved up to Canada. I'm in New Brunswick, Canada. Um, we moved up when I was three. So I've lived here. You know, you can probably hear a little bit of Canadian, a little bit yep. of British from my from my mom and a little bit of American thrown in here. Uh, it's, it's a melting pot. But yeah, for, for all intents and purposes, mostly Canadian, um, but but definitely one with our with our brothers in the States and, you know, actively watch the goings on in both countries. Um, but who was I when I was a, a little boy? I didn't know that um, for a long time, and, and I've never had anyone ask that question. So I, I love that. And it's kind of got me thinking as as we're talking here. So um, one of the things that I discovered as I started to learn who I was as an adult was that I didn't know who I was as a kid. Um, there were I told my wife, Alyssa, like as we were getting to know each other um, in dating, that I, I really don't remember anything, at, you know, before 10 years old. They're very, very small bits of memories that come up. Um, before that. And as we got talking about it, as I looked into it, as I, you know, I, we were, you and I were just talking off air, just getting familiar a little bit with my story, which we'll get into. Um, I blocked out a lot of my childhood. There was a lot there that I didn't want to remember. Um, and basically my, my life was numbing. So as a kid, I wanted, you know, I, I do know a few things. I was desperate for attention. I needed love. I needed attention. Um, words of affirmation were something that I craved and I'd do whatever I could to get it. Um, even if it was that, you know, trying to impress my friends by bullying. Um, I, I was a bully when I was a kid because I, I needed some sort of attention. I just didn't know what it was. Um, I needed, I just needed someone to notice me. So that's kind of, you know, where I was when I was younger, as I, you know, realized, you know, Hey, people don't like you all that much. If you're, if you're always um, picking on people, I, I started to assimilate into a, actually a pretty good friend group in my high school years. Now I got a question, you know, because like I, everybody knows that I grew up in an abused household, and for me, books became my solace. You know, books became um, when my, whenever my parents would argue, I would lock myself in the bathroom, get in the tub, and just lay down in the tub until the until the water um, I was underneath, and I would just read books because that was my peace. What was your go-to um, finding solace as a young child? Books, funny enough, I think were an escape as well. Um, anything that I could do to escape um, escape being around, like it, I was in the bathroom a lot. You know, when, when uh, you know when it was, when I needed to use the washroom, I would just head in there, lock myself in, and read a book. You know, sometimes for forty five minutes. 
So that was, it, it wasn't in the tub. It was just kind of, you know, under the guise of, of having a bowel movement, right? Um, or I would escape as often as I could up to my room and, and read as well. You can see, I, I love reading. Oh, it's on that, on, on that side over there. But I have a, I have a lot of books. Um, and, and I actually, as I became a teenager, I was like, man, I started to see things that my parents were doing. I started reading books about parenting and trying to parent my parents how to parent me, which didn't go over well, um, as, as you can imagine. Um, but books were were one. And then getting outside. I grew up on, you know, basically in the middle of a farm. So the ability to get outside and, and spend hours outside, you know, nothing nothing can touch you when you're out in the woods and, and the fields playing. So that, that was another escape for sure. Now, for me, um, like you said, I, I moved a lot when I was growing up. So I never built relationships. You know, I've never because I'm like, you know what? Why start a relationship if I'm just going to be moving anywhere? Yeah. So I, I never really started developing friendships until I, you know, I'm in my forties until all of a sudden I'm looking around and I'm going, I don't have any friends. Yeah. And, and then I looked, you know, I read a book and I don't remember where it was, um, but it said, you know, in order to be a friend, I mean, in order to have a friend, you got to be a friend. Mm -hmm. And that, that was like one of my, Oh shit moments. Yeah. So, did you have a lot of friends growing up? I didn't have a ton of friends, no. And and you know, I, I distinctly remember one of them moved away, um, and and that broke my heart. I don't remember how old I was, but I remember distinctly crying on the couch. It's one of the few like emotional moments I remember from childhood. Um, you know, my my friend Anthony moved away. He was one of the few that you know was kind to me. He was he was in a grade above, but he was he was kind to me. Uh, he put up with my antics. Um, and I remember he moved away and it was, it just broke my heart. Um, and then, you know, I had to try and assimilate into a different friend group. I remember one guy came into my class and I was like, now you gotta be my friend. Um, and I, I told him that to his face and that he got pretty mad about that. Um, but because we, you know, I've been trying to be his friend for a while. I wanted him as a friend. I wasn't doing the things that I should have done to, to be a friend. Um, but I was like, all right, now you gotta be my friend. Um, and you know, we, we look back and laugh. We're, we're pretty good friends now. Um, but I was desperate for connection to anybody that would, would do that. And I think that put people off a lot because of the way that it manifested. Now, were you an athlete in school? Were you, did you, did you go to, go to college at all? I went to, it's, we call it university, university. Here, but college, um, same thing. I went to university four years after high school. Um, so I was always expected to kind of carry on. Um, I grew up on a, on a farm and it had like a 13 acre greenhouse. So um, doing, doing a lot of, growing and, and planting and seeding of, of those plants to ship them all over North America. So it was always expected that I would kind of carry on in that. None of my family had been to university. University was kind of frowned upon, um, you know, as selling your soul down the, down the river. Um, and so I just kept, kept on, you know, trucking right after high school and in the business, but four years after high school, I was like, this is, this is not something that I want to do. I was doing a lot of construction, um, a lot of concrete work, a lot of framing. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the physical aspects of it. But there was, you know, the, I, I knew that I wanted to start a family and I knew that that wasn't how I wanted to make a living. So I went to school, got a degree in mechanical engineering. I didn't play varsity sports um, in university. I worked um, quite a lot because I was supporting my way through, through university. Um, so I worked part-time through the school year and full-time in the, in the summer. Um, but yeah, that, I, I think your question originally was, did I play sports? I played I played pickup sports. I wasn't involved in any of the organized sports growing up. You know, I, I was, we were always too busy on the farm. Now, un unfortunately I, I've, you know, I've been around the block a couple of times. Um, a majority of the people that I've talked to that went to college are no longer in their field. And I think it's like 75% or something stupid like that. Uh -huh. And, you know, I see a lot of people that go to college and, I'm going to get a degree in philosophy, you know, I'm going to get, you know, underwater basket weaving, you, yeah. know, <laughs> you, know, you know, and you get out of college, you know, and you're a hundred grand in debt. And then you, you're not going to be in that field for so, you know, in, in a couple of years. So, and I, and, you know, I come from the school of thought. And I, I, you know, I, I understand where Gary Vaynerchuk is coming from, where you don't have to go to college. I mean, certain things you do, but I think a majority of the careers that are out there right now, like you go to somebody, say you go to get a BA in business, but the guy that's teaching the course 
has never run a business. Yeah. So it's kind of, you're kind of like, wait a minute, you're going to teach me about business, but you've never run a business. And then when I get out into the real world in business, I don't have a clue what I'm talking about. What are your thoughts on that um, going, you know, college and, and getting out and then not being in the field anymore? Yeah. So, I mean, it, for me, it was I needed something. Um, you know, I just had a high school diploma. I needed something, you know, and I thought that having a degree was the way to, you know, get into the workforce. Right. Um, and, you know, outside of the, the family business. So my cousin actually was like, you, you grew up on a farm. You like fixing things. You're pretty handy with that. Why don't you take, you know, mechanical engineering? He had gone to university and um, he had done computer science. So he was in the same wing actually as, as engineering. Um, and I said, all right, let's go. So I, I applied and, and got in um, and went through it and and did well at it and and got a job in the field. Like I graduated with a, with a job that I've been doing for the last, you know, four years in the field. Um, I got it my first summer and stayed on with them. Um, so I learned a ton. I don't think you know, university or college is the be all end all. Um, I learned, I think it was a journey for me to learn uh, more about myself um, and, and discover that it was a, I learned a lot about how to learn, which has served me well in, in business. But, um, I realized that, you know, the engineering, I, I could apply myself and do it, but I wasn't crazy passionate about engineering. And I didn't see the future that, um, you know, as I learned what, what options were out there, I didn't see the future and the flexibility that I needed to have for the family that we were, that we wanted to build. And so, you know, three months after graduating with a degree, I ended up starting this business, um, you know, and, and carrying on. So. All right. So, you know, cause I've, like I said, I've talked to you, I think I've up to over 400 interviews and a lot of people have said, you know, one day they'll be sitting at their desk and, or their cubicle and they look around and we're like, this is bullshit. This is, I don't have a passion for this right now. I'm just paying the bills. Yeah. But unfortunately, when you want to start a business, you have to pay the bills. So a lot of times, you know, you're working, you're, you know, like Gary Vaynerchuk, my friend Gary says, you know, your legacy is you're working from nine to five, but your legacy is built from 10 a.m. I mean, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Yeah. That's, that's when you're really building. So what was it like when you're like, all right, I got a family to feed, but I also have a dream that I want to pursue. Yeah. What was that like? Well, especially when you're sitting across the table from your wife and, you know, cause I realized that people that have failed in business, a lot of them never had that hard conversation with their significant other until shit goes sideways. <laughs> then you're 10 grand in debt and you don't know what just happened. And now yeah. you got to have an even harder conversation. So what was that initial conversation like at the kitchen table? Yeah. So I started, like, like I said, after I graduated, you know, our son was born uh, a few months. Uh, I graduated in May. Our son was born. Our first son was born in, in uh, June. And I realized pretty quick, you know, I didn't love going to work before he was awake and coming back and spending an hour or so before he went down. Like I, I barely saw him. Um, and, and we, our goal is to have four kids. Our third is doing like two or three weeks. Um, so, <laughs> um, so I, I knew that, you know, the more kids would just make it more exciting with more appointments, more this, more that. And then when they got into school, there'd be, you know, sports and all these different activities. And so I started looking at different options. I'd seen um, friends of mine do very well in the space of like drop shipping and things like that through school. I, I actually looked really heavily into that when I got going. Um, and it just didn't vibe with me. I, there's nothing wrong with the, with the industry. Um, it just didn't vibe with what I was looking for. And so I came across this training for specifically helping contractors with web design, SEO, all of that sort of stuff. And I said, you know, this, this is it. Let's go. I had no background in it. I knew how to learn because I'd gone through and gotten a degree in engineering. So I, I basically showed Alyssa that, um, you know, the pitch, the, the um, video. It was like a 10-minute video that they put together that I'd seen in an ad. Um, I'd done more research in it. I'd had a discovery call with them. Um, and I said, you know, hey, let's... Uh, I look back now and I say that this was my first sales talk, but I, I basically told her, let's take that 10 grand. It's funny you mentioned 10 grand in debt because it, it was 10 grand to get into the program. And let's uh, take the 10 grand we had saved for our bathroom renovations and let's put it into a business. And she was, you know, she, she's always said, you know, hey, if you think you can do it, let's go. I sold her a bit on, 
you know, hey, I'm going to be making 10 grand in, in like five months. That didn't quite happen, which we'll get into. But um, she did buy in at the beginning and said, I support you. And she's been incredible supporting me along the way. Okay, so let's talk about SEO. Let's talk about branding. Let's talk about websites. Let's talk about funnels because um, I'm a low-tech redneck. And I'll be honest, I don't, you know, like somebody was, you know, talking about, you know, a website and then somebody else was talking about a click funnel. And I'm like, the hell are you talking about? And I think a lot of business owners, they don't know the difference that there's differences between funnels. There's differences between website. Some people don't even know what a short term, I mean, a short tail and a long tail keyword is, you know, but it's their business. Yeah. And they're wondering why, all right, I put a website up, but I'm not getting any traffic at all. Well, just because it's there doesn't mean you're going to get any any traffic. So talk to us about, you know, what SEO is. Um, and, you know, let's start just basic stuff. What is SEO? Yeah, so SEO is, is an acronym for search engine optimization. Um, and there's a lot of people talking about a lot of things about SEO, but it's not rocket surgery. At its core, SEO is telling Google what you do and where you do it. And, and, and explicitly saying that in the different technical ways that they want you to, to present that. And then having content on your, your site. So search engine optimization is ultimately doing the things that Google wants you to do so that your site has authority, so that it answers people's questions. And out of the millions of people that or websites that show up when someone's looking for roofing near me, your site looks the most authoritative and Google can match that up with someone who's looking because ultimately Google wants a good experience for those who are using the platform so that they stay using the platform so that if they can serve out the best results and you match those results, boom, you know, you've, you've optimized your website for what Google's looking for and, and ultimately get more traffic because you're then served up in the search results. Well, you know, a lot of people, like I said, you know, I've, I've, I've taken now with OVF, um, they've actually taken me through a 12 week course of starting a, a business in 12 weeks. Um, but I had to learn all these technical terms and it's not as difficult as you think it is, but you have to really dig down deep and do, actually do the work, you know, and, and a lot of and, and like stuff that I, I've been reading, you know, um, I became friends with Russell Brunson so we, you know, we've been talking back and forth, you know, a lot and a lot of people, you know, for some reason they want to find that they're always trying to game the system. They're always trying to beat the algorithm instead of to trying, you know, to actually work with the algorithm, you know, yeah. I mean? like for, especially with Google, um, if you're not on the first page of Google, you're not on Google because nobody's looking at the 12th page fourth floor you know so talk to us about working with the system and not just trying to game the system yeah absolutely so um my zone of genius you know as a business owner and, and the services we provide is local seo so that's what i'm going to talk about um national seo is basically where your site can rank for anybody in in the in in the nation right um but local seo is specifically for your area that you serve does your website show up so the biggest thing that you want to do with your website, with your Google business listing, with your business Facebook page, with your LinkedIn page, um, all of those, you know, kind of come together. You want to say on each one of those platforms, what you do and where you do it. You have to tell Google, um, you want to tell people too, when they come, but you ultimately want to make sure that Google knows that, Hey, you're in, you know, Dallas, Texas, for example, and, and you serve these clients with this service. And, you know, you're very explicit about that. So that is the first thing that a lot of people miss. They just say, oh, hey, I'm Bob's roofing over here. I do roofing. I'm really good at roofing. I'm fantastic at roofing. I'm the best at roofing. But they never say I'm Bob's roofing in Dallas and I serve, you know, this suburb specifically or these multiple suburbs. And so they miss out on that opportunity just for that basic optimization to get something down there. And then from there, you want to build out your content to answer questions that people are looking for. You know, how, how do I find a contractor? for roofing, I'm, I'm using roofing in this example. Um, you know, how do I find someone for junk removal? How do I find someone for tree service? Answer those questions based on your industry 
um, and think of the questions that you get asked as a salesperson. Um, I was actually just on a call earlier. I'm holding this up in the live stream, but there's a book called They Ask You Answer. And it's a fantastic book for crafting the content for your website. And it basically comes down to what questions do you get asked often in the sales process? Write about those questions and answer those questions on your website. And then Google sees that. And when someone's searching for, you know, how much does it cost to do tree service in Dallas? Boom, you're there with an answer. You know, you, you answer those questions. So those are some, some high level tidbits that if you implement those two things, one, tell Google what you do and where you do it. And two, put on content that's really relevant to what people are searching. You've, you've gotten like 50 to 60% of the way there. There's other technical stuff and, and whatnot that would take longer than we have here to talk about. But those are some really high level things that anybody can do. You know, and I, I found, you know, like I said, because I'm new to this, so obviously I'm not an expert. I'm still learning. Um, and, if, and if an old guy at 53 can learn how to do this, you guys can learn how to do this. But, you know, a lot of people, they don't ask for reviews. And they don't realize how much reviews actually really, really help. You know, like I know that if I, like I'm going to ask you when we log off to leave a review on iTunes for the show, you know, but it's so important because that actually helps your ranking, you know, because it's real people saying real things about you. Yeah. And a lot of people try to game the system by buying reviews or buying likes or clicks. Um, but they don't really go for reviews. And I think for me, even if I go out to a restaurant now, I'm automatically looking up how many stars do they got? What's the reviews? You know, I get rid of all the top rated reviews and all the bottom rated reviews. And then I see where the real reviews are at. So talk to us about, you know, doing stuff like that to get um, real traffic organic traffic to your site and not just paying for tra traffic to your site. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you hit it on the head. You've got to ask for reviews from everybody that you service. And I, I had someone um, that I talked to on, on my podcast and we'll have to have you on the podcast as well, Richard. Um, but we, we talked specifically about reviews. They've grown to be the most reviewed pressure washing company in Florida. I think he's over 600 reviews now. Um, and they have a process where when they show up on the, on the property for the job, they talk about, you know, hey, we're going to do this job in expectation of the fact that we're going to do such a good job, you're going to leave a five-star review. And then at the end, they say, hey, did we earn that five-star review? Awesome. Here's a link. Can I help you pull it up and, and whatever? So they they make it as easy as possible, but you've got to be getting reviews um, and, you know, send them to your Facebook page, send them to your Google business listing. Both of those areas can take reviews um, and both of those are free. So even if you don't have a website yet, get a Facebook page, get a Google business listing, both are free to set up. And then you can start collecting reviews, which then turn, you know, help you to drive some traffic. And then when you get your website hooked up to both of those, you know, just, it just balloons from there. But at the very least, you've got to be collecting reviews on some sort of platform. Okay. So now let's talk about websites because, you know, there's so many people, um, they're like, Oh my God, I got to have a website. I got to have a website, you know, five, 10, 15 grand later. The website's up and they're looking and there's zero traffic. They're like, oh, but it looks pretty. But for me, like I'm noticing like my website, it, my, 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 one of my uh, great friends, William Matry, put it together. It looks great, but it's very simple. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes when people start to put on, a, you know, they start a website, they want all the bells, the whistle, the music, the videos. But because it's so slow that Google is like, uh, no, we're not going to promote it. So talk to us about how sometimes keeping it simple will actually get you more traction than if you tried to go with all the bells and the whistles. Yeah. I mean, you hit on the speed thing there. So, so how fast your site loads, you can do a, a simple, just search for paid speed, page speed insights. Um, and you can actually test how your page lines up with the, with the Google search speed. Um, and the faster your site is, that is one of the factors that that plays into whether Google will serve it up. Because if your site takes 10 seconds to load, Google knows that people are going to hop off and, and leave and they're going to be frustrated with the fact that they can't find what they're looking for. Um, so some of some of the sites that we built when we were first getting started, I look back and, and they're pretty ugly, um, you know, for clients. And, and, you know, we were just getting going and, and working out our process, but they consistently bring in leads 
because they provide what Google needs to know. They provide what the clients, you know, the customers for that, you know, for our clients need. Um, and boom, you know, they, they load fast and they, and they make stuff happen. So having a website that, you know, hits, hits the key points and, and serves people well, that's more important than spending thousands of dollars on a crazy design, unless, you know, within reason, especially for a service business, having something there that allows people to call you, allows people to leave a quote request, um, make sure that those channels work on mobile and on desktop, you know, that, that is key much more than, you know, spending thousands of dollars just to get something pretty. Okay. You know, also, you know, let's talk about branding because when I brought my friend William on board, my friend Kennedy on board, they're like, so tell me about your brand. And I'm like, I don't know what you, I don't know what you mean. I don't know what you're talking about. They're like, well, tell me about your brand colors. And I'm like, I didn't know that brand colors deal with psychology. And, you know, like there's certain colors like black and white, you know, Uber, black and white, things, high class, McDonald's, yellow and red means food, means hungry. But I never thought of psychology of branding until we actually got down into the weeds and figured out what my, you know, my colors are. So talk to us about branding and colors and psychology. Talk a little bit about it. Yeah, so I we don't focus a ton on the branding side. If, if someone needs a, a, a lot of branding help, I'm probably not the person to talk to. I know the, the basic stuff and I, I agree with what you're saying, um, but I'm going to flip it and still add some value there um, because branding comes in more than colors. Um, uh, colors are very important for a brand, like you, you, you touched on that. Um, but a, a, something that a lot of people miss is the branding in their community. Um, and, and by branding, just showing up and being present um, you know, when people need help. Like one of the things we did, we just started a drunk removal company here locally. So we volunteered at the soup kitchen. We, we volunteered at a local marathon. Um, we show up in all the buy and sell groups, you know, offering to help people. Um, one, one example was, you know, a woman had been screwed over by a realtor um, and she was out of money. So we, we offered to basically go in at cost and do her job for her, clean up the property and, and all of that. Um, and then we said, hey, in return, would you mind, you know, sharing it out in the group so that we've done this for you? And so now we've got brand ambassadors out there that, you know, when someone needs junk removal in the groups, everyone, we're being tagged five, 10 times um, because people now know us. So the the branding, there's a lot of different sides to branding. And one of those is being known and trusted in the community. So don't miss those opportunities to get out there. It takes a little legwork, but then it starts snowballing. And, and after a while, you can kind of sit back and, and you've got people working for you which is an incredible place to be and a really powerful position because people who come to you know that, well, 10 of 10 people recommended them. So we're going to go with them regardless of the price. Now. Okay. Now, since you went there, we're going to go there. Um, I love it. One of my friends owns actually one of the largest um, trash removal uh, companies in the world. He's actually on the discovery channel now. Um, but, you know, we talked, I had him on the show and we were talking about how sometimes you know, we start a company and we're thinking global, but we forget Frank down the street that needs something done to where yeah. like, I said, so what'd you do? And um, the company's JD uh, trash removal. And, but he said, I canvassed the three mile radius at, around my house. And I went and talked to all the neighbors. I put on uh, placards. I, I did, everything I could in my warm market to get things going. Like, yeah. so talk to us about using our warm market instead of trying to branch out into the global market. Yeah. I, I, I think that's so key. Work with the people, regardless of what industry you're in, work with the people who already know, like, and trust you at the very beginning. You know, if, if I was to start over and I did this when I started our marketing agency, I reached out to every single person that I knew and said, Hey, I'm doing this now. Do you need help? Can I do an audit of what you're doing to give you some tips? Can I, um, you know, can you refer me over to anyone? I reached out to accountants and and um, sign shops and said, hey, if you know anybody who's you know starting up a, a business, refer them over. Um, when we started our junk removal company, we actually did. We went around and hung door hangers. Um, so we hit it from the digital side, which did really well. And then we went, we did boots on the ground stuff. Um, so I think there's there's a lot of facets to it, but don't overlook the stuff that's right in front of you. Um, you know, because it can be all fantastic to go pay someone thousands of dollars to do your marketing, but you may be missing out on the 
the satisfaction of putting in the grind, but also the low hanging fruit that no marketing agency can ever do for you. Like some clients come on and they're, and we struggle with them because we're getting results, but their mindset is not in, oh, I'm going to go out and build the brand and the business too. Um, so if you as a business owner are sitting back and letting other people do everything, you know, you're going to miss out on some opportunity. You've got to, you've got to talk to people that only, you know, that know your X factor, that know, like, and trust you. Okay. And I'm a big branding guy. I love branding. I'm, I'm a big sports guy. Always have been. Um, and I was like, I always say, anytime I talk about branding or marketing, um, imagine if we're watching ESPN, I don't know what you guys have in Canada, but, uh, Imagine Michael Jordan walking up to the podium in an Adidas jumpsuit, jumpsuit wearing Adidas sneakers. People would lose their minds because he is known as Air Jordan. Um, he is pretty much the face of Nike, even though Phil Knight owns Nike. But he's built that brand. And I, and I believe that you are your brand. You know, like for me, when I go out, 90% um, of the time, I'm either wearing my gear I'm wearing my hats. I'm wearing my hoodies. I don't want Phil Knight has enough money, you know, but a lot of times like we don't market our own selves, you know, even just in a local community. So talk about that. You know, like I said, we're not, you're not really a big branding guy, but talking about, like you said, if you have a junk removal business, but you know, that person that's working with the junk removal, if they're not wearing the t-shirts, the hoodies, if their car's not wrapped, you know, if they're not, in the community to be seen. If your if your next door neighbor doesn't know you're in business, then you're pretty much, you're not going to be in business for long. Correct. I certainly think that there's something to be said for that. If you're like, when we were first getting going, it's actually funny. You mentioned that the neighbors uh, down the street hired someone. And I was like, all right, we've got to double down. Um, you know, they hired someone for junk removal. And so I went and I talked to each one of the neighbors. Um, and I said, you know, hey, we're doing this, give them a card um, and, you know, kind of went from there. But yeah, it, it, be proud of your brand. Talk about it. Go live in the Facebook groups. This is, I think there's a lot of lost opportunity for especially local service businesses, which is who I interact with often. Go live in the Facebook groups and say, hey, you know, we're doing this to help the community. Or if you have anything, anyone that you know that needs help, you know, let's say roofing, you know an older, older person that really is hitting on hard times. Can we come out and do, do this for like a, almost free? Can we do a tree service job? Can we do a junk removal job? Can we do something? Do you know anybody that we can help? Um, and so you're positioning yourself in a very, you know, yes, it is for, for an end. It's a means to an end, but you're also helping people. And I think the intention should be to help people, but you want to leverage those moments to help build your business, um, you know, with good intentions. Don't just be out there doing it to look good and then and then do awful work in the background. Be, you know, be congruent. But I think there's some power in, in doing those things. But now, don't you think also that, you know, there's certain companies out there, I think, I think it was at Tom's, uh, was it Bombas, where people want to get involved in companies that have a mission. Yeah. And it seems like now the younger generations you know, they don't really care about all the fluff. They want to, you know, get behind companies that are doing great stuff in the communities. So how how does a person, if they're just starting a company, how do they get out into lo the local communities? Do they join the, the Chamber of Commerce? Is that even worth doing anymore? I think it is. I, I think for most... You know, from a digital perspective, usually you get a backlink to your website, which is which is a good thing. Um, you know, and it, it, there's there's some power in that. Um, but networking is huge. Oftentimes, when you're just getting going, you have more time than money. So go out, shake hands, kiss babies, um, see who you can help, see who you can talk to. I know one one guy I interviewed. They still do this, um, but but he went into like local fire stations. He went into um, you know different things that are applicable to you. Maybe it's apartment buildings. Maybe it's um, HOA uh, associations, maybe it's all these different things, but go and talk to the, to the people that make decisions, bring them cookies and just say, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm just wanted to, to do a good deed today. Wanted to reach out, appreciate you guys. Um, and maybe it's not even a sales pitch. Maybe you just leave a business card. They're probably going to ask you, but do the little things that get overlooked. I think there's a lot of things that people think it's got to be big and, and full of pizzazz, but dropping off cookies doesn't cost a whole lot. It takes time. But those investments in relationships, uh, you know, pay off. And, and I think ultimately it's all comes down to 
form as many relationships as you can, because then people want to help you. Well, okay, that's where we're going next. Um, I'm a big relationship guy. Um, you know, like my friend Gary Vaynerchuk um, taught me, you know, he said, if you promote your friends 10 times more than you promote yourself, you'll never have to promote yourself. Yeah. So for me, I'm always promoting others' businesses. Um, I believe in building uh, relationships. I'm a relationship guy where if I need, if I know I see you put a post up and you need something, I'm going to connect you to the person that can help you and not for any other purpose, but to help, help you. But in turn, honestly, you become a superhero because you're helping two people solve their problems and you're not asking for anything in return. So talk, talk to us about building real relationships in the digital age. That's, that's a good one. I, I mean, it comes back to where I really, really had that crystallized for me was when I read the book, The Go-Giver by Bob Berg. Um, and it, it comes down to giving, not expecting anything in return. And, and when I started doing that, it changed my sales conversations. It changed everything about the way we ran the business. Instead of grab, 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 I need money. My family's going hungry. You know, my, my business is floundering too. Okay, let's reframe this. If I help 10 people, one of them is probably going to come on as a client and the other nine are going to talk about it to their friends. That's the, that's the byproduct of it. But truly I, I had to shift it in my mind to, if I can help 10 people win, I'm going to win as a result, you know, however it happens. Um, and so changing that, changing that in, in, in my mindset has, has created some, some incredible waves in business and personal life. Um, and, and like you said, connecting people, I love connecting people. There's something so satisfying about, you know, what is, literally a five second tag sometimes on Facebook or uh, a joint Facebook message to say, you know, Hey, here's, I see both of you doing something that I think you should collaborate on. Let's, you know, get together guys and, and make some magic happen. Um, there's something that to me fires me up and, and gets me really excited. So forming those relationships, finding out what it is that people do, how, how you can help them. Um, I, I often ask that question. What can I support? What, what content are you pushing right now? How can I help? And, you know, without, you know, talking with Zach, you know, um, Paul, Tim, you know, without them, we would not have gotten together without our, group, yeah. you know, podcast empowerment, you know, um, underdog empowerment, you know, um, that group. But if I didn't connect with um, Zach, I would not be able to have the honor to talk to you. And it's kind of like you create your own tribe. And I think a lot of people don't realize that, you know, your, your, your tribe, you know, your vibe creates your tribe. And that the more you're willing to give, it seems like the more you're willing, the more you get in turn. So now my father passed on February 14th and I was gone for three weeks. And because of everything I've learned with on the digital age, um, evergreen, you know, with, um, my books, you know, my podcast, even though I was out of pocket for three weeks, I still made money. I still, my podcast grew. So, and I think that it's because of this little box that we have or the, you know, our computers that yeah. it's changing the game. So talk to us about why people need to get into the digital age now, even though it should have been five years ago, but now, how important it is to be in the digital space. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the best time to plant a tree was 10 years ago and the second best is now certainly don't wait. I think, uh, I think COVID changed a lot of people's perspective. Our business has boomed because of COVID because now people aren't, aren't at their water coolers asking for recommendations of who they could, should, you know, get for tree service. For example, they're going online, you know, more than ever. Um, so if you are a service-based business, if you're a business of any sort, get some online presence, get a Facebook page, you know, a business Facebook page, get a Google business listing, a LinkedIn page. Those are all free. Get those going, start collecting reviews. If you're not doing those things, you're passing up on free money and maybe two hours of work to get that, um, you know, to, to get that growing. So be there. People are looking online. People are, are, you know, comparing you to everyone else that they're, that they're seeing online. And if they don't see you, they may not even know you exist. So if you can show up in as many places as you can, and there's a lot of free resources out there, do that. I would highly recommend that you do that. And you know, I, 
I say this on every call, you know, anybody who wants to reach out and say, you know, what are some free ways to do that? I have a long list of, of free platforms you can get on. Um, and, and there's, you know, it's growing longer by the day, but do do something and get out there. And then, you know, as you, as you get some income, then maybe you can pay someone, but, but, you know, if you're, if you're not doing that, you're missing out on these, on these options that are out there for everyone. Like you said, you know, it may take a couple hours, like, like, um, every day, uh, I usually post on like 12 different platforms. Um, you know, even, you know, cause like people don't realize, like, even like, you know, Gary talks about, um, there's a reason why Gary, Tony Robbins, um, who else? The Sharks on Shark Tank, Mark Cuban. There's a reason why they're on LinkedIn. Yep. There's a reason. There's a reason why Kentucky Fried Chicken is spending almost half their budget on TikTok. There's a reason because that's where the attention is. Yep. Now, and I think a lot of people are sleeping on LinkedIn and TikTok and they don't realize how important um, with having a presence, especially if you're in business, if you're in business and you don't have a president on LinkedIn, you're literally just burning money. Mm-hmm. So talk to us about having a presence on a place like LinkedIn or TikTok. Yeah. So, so I am not on, on TikTok a whole bunch. My main stream of, of uh, income would come from relationships on Facebook. Um, I use LinkedIn. I've gotten a few people off LinkedIn um, but LinkedIn is actually something that we're pushing pretty hard in Q1. It's, it's something we've been sleeping on probably um, for for lead generation. Facebook, though, is is where I've been inc- incredibly active. And 99% of our business has come from relationships and groups. Um, that's how we got connected, yeah. you know, initially. Um, so I've I've gone very hard and very focused on Facebook and building a brand and building a following and connecting with people on Facebook. Um, so I think any platform that you genuinely focus on, you know, don't do it on MySpace because that's not, probably not going to get you a ton of business. But um, any platform that's that's relevant to what you're doing that you you genuinely apply to, I believe you can make money on. LinkedIn, I know many people that make money on LinkedIn and they focus more on that than Facebook. I know many people that do it on TikTok. I think anything that you truly put in the work for more than 90 days on, you will see a return because people will see you um, assuming that you're, you know, doing it properly for your target market. People will see you. People will start to see you as an expert. People will start to reach out to you and connect with you and get to know you. Um, and it's incredible, the magic that can happen from that. Now, a lot of people, and I was one of the guys, you know, um, I was one of the people I I had my hands. I was with GNC for over 30 years. Um, I was coaching. I had supplements. I had a book out. I had a podcast. I had so much going on that people were like, I don't know what he does. He just does too much shit. And um, like I had a gentleman, his name is Mr. John Lee Dumas on the show. Amazing. He gets a, you know, a million downloads a month. He's making 250 grand a month off his podcast. But, you know, when I talked to him, um, because we actually had a sidebar and he's actually mentoring me, he says, nobody knows who you are because, you know, you're you're not niche. You're not niching down. Yeah. And he said, you know, sometimes you have to go an inch wide, but you got to go a mile deep and mm-hmm. know who you're serving. So talk to us a little bit about, you know, when marketing, you can market to anybody. And I think like his name was Mr. Jim Rohn, I think, said, it. you know, if you're marketing to everybody, you're marketing to nobody. So talk to us about finding your avatar and finding out your perfect customer. I can, I can speak experientially to that. Like when I started, I was pretty niched in, in, um, I think it was deck building. Um, and then I was like, oh, I can do everything. Uh, you know, it was deck building and SEO is, is basically the, t- the two niches that I went hard in. But then I was like, I can do everything. You know, there's Facebook ads, there's Google ads, all this fun stuff. I was a quick learner. You know, I learned enough to be dangerous in all of them and started, you know, doing all things for all people. And it spiraled really fast. Um, it, it came to the point where I wasn't doing anything well for anybody. And I wasn't able to keep up with the ever evolving aspects of any of those platforms. So we, when we um, peeled back to just websites, SEO and Google ads, you know, it's all the Google platform is, is basically our niche. Then we got really focused. We knew what we were selling. We knew who we could help. I started turning away people for Facebook ads and saying, we, we can't help you. Um, you know, here's, here's someone who can. We became so much clearer and able to provide better services for our clients 
that the clarity on my end for selling, the clarity on our clients' ends of what we did, um, it's phenomenal. I mean, we've that happened actually not that in the not that distant um, past. You know, it was probably around September, October um, that we did that. I joined a group called Apex um, that uh, you know has has really helped me get focused on things. And you know, it, it went from you know, I'm doing all things to all people to this is exactly what I'm doing. This is my messaging. And now, you know, the growth that we've seen is incredible. Yeah, because I, like I said, I'm a sports geek. I'm a sports freak. And it seems like, you know, all the great athletes, you know, Michael Jordan, um, Tom Brady, they didn't start branching out until they became the GOAT at whatever they were doing. Yeah. And it seems like a lot of people, once we get a little bit of success, we're kind of like, oh, that shiny object syndrome. You know, we're like, oh, well, if I can do this, then I'm going to do this. And then you start failing at everything. Yeah. You know, so now talk to us about what you do. If somebody calls you up and says, because I've heard this so many times when I was working with GNC right next to me was a radio shack. We know where they went Uh, there right next to them was a Sears. We know where that went. Because a lot of times when a person's in, in business, well, this is the way we've always done it. Yeah. And if you hear that, you know you're pretty much going away the dodo bird. So yeah. talk to us about when somebody calls you up and say, Lewis, I need your help. And then they say, well, they don't want to listen to what you got to tell them. So talk to us about that. Uh, it's funny. I just had a conversation those kind of like that. I mean, most people that reach out, um, I've qualified them already in, in messenger or they've, you know, been referred to us. So I have less of those conversations. Um, the conversations that I would have would be, you know, a lot of people, they, they jump in and they can't afford our services right now. So then I walk through, do this, this, and this, I give them really detailed instructions and say, Hey, this isn't rocket surgery. I used that term earlier. I'll, I'll re-say it. A lot of what we do is not rocket surgery. It takes time. It takes consistency. It takes, you know, understanding the evolving changes, but at the core, it's not super complicated. So go out there, do this for yourself. And then when you get some more income, come back. Some people, you know, they'll, they'll get back in touch in six months or a year and say, Hey, Lewis, you know, we really like to jump on. It's the same conversation all over. They haven't touched any of the things that I've, that I've gone over. Um, you know, and a lot of them I touched on getting your Google business listing app, getting reviews, um, you know, optimizing everything like that. And so then I'm like, I don't know if I really want to work with them anyway when they do become successful unless unless they put in the work. So it's, it's kind of a qualifying thing, but it, it hurts me because I, I know the money that they're leaving on the table. On the on the flip side, though, when someone comes back and they said, hey, I took everything you you know put together in that video for me um, and implemented it, I'm seeing improvements and they're super happy, that fires me up probably sometimes more than the paying clients because that's like someone who's grabbed onto it and they've really taken it and run with it. And that's that really gets me excited. I love it because you know, like my, my friend Patrick Burt, um, he does all my SEO, truly, truly amazing, um, probably one of the best in the game. But now, so last two questions, how do we find you? How do we support your mission? How can we get into your world and how can you get into ours? Yeah. So if you go to bluecrocus.ca, you can see over there, I've got oh, over there, I've got the crocus um, logo there bluecrocus.ca. Um, you can find, you know, reach out by phone or, or leave a, a request on the form there. Um, I'm on Facebook as well as Lewis Vandervoek. I'm, I'm most active on that platform. I'm on LinkedIn as well. So you can connect with me there, Instagram as well. But Facebook is where I'm currently most active. So reach out, you know, drop a message. I'll get back to you in a couple hours. Um, as far as the mission, it's, you know, let's make marketing, you know, actually profitable again for, for contractors, because there's a lot of people who have been massively ripped off. I talk to people every day who they paid two, three, five, ten thousand $10,000 to someone and aren't seeing any results. I was just talking to someone today who we, we connected about a month ago because they had been sold a vision and they're going out of business and it's sad. Um, so I went, I spent about an hour with them a month ago and, and walked through stuff, gave them some tips. They implemented it all. And now we're talking about bringing them on as a client. But my mission is to make you know, contractors realize there is there are options out there. Um, my overarching mission outside of all of this is to leave the world a better place. And I have a goal of donating a million dollars to the homeless community by 2027. So building a business that can support that is the is the overarching mission. I love it. So last question is, 
if you can give us three pieces of actionable advice in either uh, marketing, SEO, branding that somebody can use in the next couple of days to start getting their business uh, back on fast track, what would those three things be? First would be talk about what you do and where you do it on your Google business listing, your Facebook page and your website. Second would be start interacting with your community in the Facebook groups, um, going out and, and volunteering, dropping off in person to people. And third would be probably to truly understand where you are, just hop on, book a 30 minute call with me. Um, and I will go through and, and help you with some actionable things that you can look at. Um, I also have an audit option where, you know, I'll do up a, a five, 10 minute video for you. More than happy to help that, uh, help that anyone out um, who, who wants that service. I love it. So guys, definitely check out Lewis. Um, I can't, I think there's, he got my mind thinking. So there's something I'm going to be working on because I have a local Google account and I hardly every, I, I haven't updated it in probably a year. So I'm, I'm actually, as soon as we hop off of this call, I'm going to go pick up my daughter and I'm going to go, I'm going to start working on that. But guys, definitely, definitely check out Lewis. Um, an amazing person. I'm proud to call him friend. Uh, one of the nicest people you'll actually meet. Uh, definitely check him out. Go to his, go to his website. Um, I'm going to go check it out. Uh, number one, because I think the, the name is cool. Uh, but also back in the 80s, there was a rock band called Crocus. And they were actually from Canada. So I love it. I kind of liked it. I, I didn't know that. So I, lear I learned something new. Yeah, today. definitely check him out. Uh, but guys, my book is out. If you guys are interested, find out how actually Zach actually helped propel us to hit number one on our podcast and the book. So definitely check that out, The Hero's Journey. And also, guys, if you guys are a veteran looking to start a company, especially a digital company, check out OVF. They can actually get it from thought to concept to live within 12 weeks, and it'll help you out doing that. So, brother, I just want to say thank you so much, and I'm so grateful for you. Thank you. Honored to be here and honored to have this chat and, and looking forward to seeing you just blow up even more than you are already. I love it, brother. Guys, just remember vertical momentum. The only way to go is butt up. And we'll catch you tomorrow, guys. Thank you for joining us today. Please hit subscribe and share. Please feel free to leave us a comment.